there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the lombardi line with former nfl executive michael lombardi now here is your host stormy bonatoni on vsin the Sports Betting Network. Good morning and welcome in. No Storm Tony today. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in as she is off to get hitched. That'll be, of course, yeah. later this wow. weekend. Uh, Michael Lombardi yeah. is here, though. And uh, we are reunited, Michael. Betting across yeah. America one last time. Let's give it a go. What's up, man? I love it, JVT. I mean, let's go back to the what we called it then, the oceans, yep. right? Or you know, we go back up there. We could have Noah complain to us and try to get on the air the entire time. That was wonderful. I love that. You know, it's good to have you back, JVT. Good to have you talking. You know, I think sometimes you, you talk so much basketball and you're so good at it that I think people lose sight that you're good at other sports, too. So it's great to have you on the show and talk football. There we go. See, that's why I put it in my Z bio uh, that I enjoy other sports. You know what I mean? I, I like a lot of football. I like uh, baseball. I like you're a lot good. of hey, You like stuff. betting, too. I mean, you're a good better, too. So you taught me a lot about it. You know, when I first started doing that show sitting next to you and Noah was complaining, I didn't know anything about betting. Not that I know a lot about betting. I know about football. But, you know, it, you helped me out understand it. So I, I think – your, your range in betting is certainly going to help, and I'm excited to have you fill in as Stormy goes walking down that aisle. She gets herself all arranged. Steph, we need to know where you're sitting in the, at, the, at the thing because the seating arrangements, as you know, JVT, is the hardest thing ever. Yeah, well, yes, but although I, when I got married, as I told Stormy, I took the easy way out, which is uh, my wife and I just went down to the courthouse and then had like a private party yeah. afterwards at a suite. That's the easy way to do it. You, know? you don't yeah, have to worry about in-laws and yeah. other people that – but frankly, yeah. uh, I'm sure if we gave Stormy some truths here, Michael, she probably would say there's about like 10 to 15 people she actually really doesn't want at the wedding that are going to be there. You know, that's how it always ends yeah. up. Yeah, you know, I ought to say, I mean, I was married long, long, long ago and far away, but that was a, it was a hell of a day. And everybody that was there, I loved. And so it was great, <laughs> you know, and I wish I could recreate that memory again because they bring back a lot of people back that have long since gone. So she'll enjoy it. I mean, hey, look, who's got it better than her? She's up at the Legacy Club. I mean, yep. seriously. Ooh. I mean, that's such a good thing. Speaking of who's got it better, yesterday, JVT, I spent the day at 
at the University of Michigan talking to their football team. And I got to tell you, and I know this is not how we wanted to start the show, but we are a betting network. I got to tell you, I was really impressed with their team. Not, you know, I didn't watch practice. I watched the interaction of their team. And they've got so many older players on their team. I think we lose sight of this a little bit when we're handicapping. You know, college football, I can remember going back when I first started in 1981, right there at UNLV, we played BYU. And BYU had a bunch of kids that had gone to missions and came back. So we had a bunch of 19-year-olds, and they got a bunch of 24-year-olds, and it wasn't a game, right? And so you could just see the physicality of Michigan's team, you know, when I watched them in a walkthrough and I watched them kind of pay attention to what they're doing, it's going to be a fun team to watch. I'll tell you what, and, you know, if they are so well-prepared at almost every single level. We know that Harbaugh is going through this with the four-game suspension. It's going to be a team that's probably going to be a well-oiled machine, and eh, but the opponents probably help, right, when you're talking about East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers. Uh, but either way, when you are set up well, and you could speak to this right from top to bottom, uh, if one of those pieces, like the head coach, is going to be gone for a certain amount of time, uh, the fact that I think a lot of us have faith that this thing's going to continue to roll with no real hiccups speaks to how well that program has been put together. Well, I, I think he's only going to be gone, if I am if I understand the way the rules are, he's only going to be gone on Saturday. Yep. Sunday through Friday, he's there. So, you know, I, I don't – I think, you know, the game plan, how the game's going to go is all going to be set up. And, you know, between Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum, I mean, Blake Corum really is the perfect – I know he's short, but he's the perfect running back body that I like because he looks like a Coke machine. He looks like a Coke – a smaller Coke machine. Right. You can't get your arms around him. Like, it's just physically, he's just so impressive in terms of for a running back. So, and he's healthy. So, yeah, I, I think with Harbaugh just being away for one day won't matter those first four weeks. Yeah, and they uh, very much look like a team set up to be a playoff team coming into this season. We'll see if they can, uh, again, win three straight against Ohio State, make their way into the Big Ten Championship game. Penn State lurking as well. Uh, that big matchup coming up in November. That's going to yeah. be on the road for Michigan. But they do avoid and, 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 it. Oh, go ahead, Michael. Well, they all talked about Penn State. You know, yeah. when I was talking to the coaches, I mean, they understand Ohio State, Penn State, that the Big Ten is is a challenge. But I also think, you know, the, and they all recruited the quarterback from Penn State. So it isn't like they're not familiar with the kid, you know, and they understood who he is. And, you know, I think everybody's anxious to see how he'll play and what he'll do. Drew Allar, uh, you know, everybody was after him. He's a big kid. He can move. So I think that, you know, Milton, the quarterback who went from Michigan to Tennessee, that's going to be the interesting one because, you know, can Milton have that re- re- revamped career? Because it, when he was at Michigan, it wasn't perfect, right? And same with Head and Hooker at Virginia Tech. So it's going to be interesting to see if Josh Heupel can get this fixed. I know we didn't want to talk about college here, but I got off on a tangent. I apologize. Hey, man, I'm excited. Uh, Although, uh, I've been at UNLV camp, and uh, I feel like it probably looked a little bit different than what you saw in Michigan, right? Uh, Maybe just a little bit, huh? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, Barry will do a good job. I have faith in Barry. I think Arkansas losing Barry Odom is going to really affect their team. I really do. I know in the betting guy, people, you know, we're, we're kind of sitting there, whether we're over, under, you know, I, I lean towards, I, I know with, you know, their situation, they've really played well in the past two years with KJ. I think it's Cunningham, the quarterback, but I, I, I'm not sure defensively they're going to be the same team that they were without Barry. So you mentioned it. Uh, we're here to talk the National Football League. We are on the eve of the preseason kicking off in earnest week one 
starts tomorrow. And, of course, camps are going on, and we have a lot of these headlines and news bits that are coming out. Uh, so I want to discuss a couple of things with you that are across the wire and spin them forward into some bigger picture stuff. I haven't gotten to talk to you about some of these topics, so it'll be interesting to get your perspective that I haven't heard almost every single day. So let's start uh, at the top here, first of which is uh, DeAndre Hopkins. You know, it's funny. It's, it's like almost every single fight, right? Every time you get uh, a camp for some of these fighters in mixed martial arts, they come out in the best shape. Uh, when you go into spring training, every guy's in the best shape of his lives. And uh, when you look at a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, uh, we're seeing a lot of similar noise coming out of Tennessee uh, from Ryan Tannehill, according to the NFL Network, saying that, quote, DeAndre Hopkins has been a big addition, some huge plays from him. We've seen vintage Hopkins that you've seen across his career, tight contested catches when he's been able to elevate or make the extended catch. So what did you think of Hopkins in terms of being an addition to the Tennessee Titans? And I would assume, as the Titans are getting ready to take on the Chicago Bears later this week, uh, it's probably a lot of just, hey, camp noise, of course. It's DeAndre Hopkins, and in these settings, you're probably going to get the most. I mean, you've talked about this before. When it's one-on-one, it's a brutal setting for some of these corners. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, let's put things in perspective. Before Hopkins left Houston to go to Arizona, he was averaging about a touchdown every 12 catches. When he got to Arizona with the great Kyler Murray, he averaged a touchdown every 18.8 catches. So that went down. His yards per catch went down by 1.2. He's not the same player. He's going to be 30 years old. 30 years old is a magic number for receivers. Now, the great Jerry Rice, Tim Brown, some of those guys excelled after 30. But they're exceptions to the rule. Hopkins is an elite athlete. He's a very good He's an elite eye-hand coordination athlete. He's got incredible, incredible hands. And he's a great jump ball receiver because he's always covered. Look, he's going to help Tennessee, and I wrote this. He's definitely going to help them because they don't really have anyone. I mean, they're a team that really will struggle to create separation. hes I, I know why Tannehill's going to fall in love with them because for the first time he's got somebody on third down that he can rely on. I mean, last year his two leading receivers, Robert Woods, you know, left, and so did the tight end. And and so when you lose both of those receivers, you know, especially when you're counting on them on third down, it becomes a real issue. So I, I'm not surprised by this reaction here at all. I'm not. I, I think he's going to be good. Now, can they make explosive plays and get the ball in the end zone? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think – I think that's going to be a challenge. But, look, let's face it. We know this, J- JVT. That they're going to run the ball. I mean, that's who they are, right? They're going to run the ball, and they're going to play action pass, you know, and that's why Robert Woods was good for – had so many catches. Austin Hooper's at the Raiders now, was their second leading catcher, was catcher last year. Play action pass is going to be huge. So am I wrong in thinking – I've, I've viewed Tennessee, the phrase I've used for Michael is like this team that is kind of on a razor's edge because I feel like they're somewhat top-heavy. And if you start to take some hits in terms of the guys at the top of the depth chart, well, then you're turning it over at certain positions to some unskilled guys or some guys that you don't really know too much about. And specifically, right, we're talking about quarterback as well. I actually bet them at about 22 to one to have the worst record in the National Football League because I felt that was more of a reality than 22 to one would indicate. It's, you know, it's a mid-range shot and not something you expect, but I thought the probability was higher there. Am I wrong in thinking that this is a team that's kind of on razor's edge? Like if things go wrong for them, it could go really wrong. Well, I, I mean, the margin – look, if they have to go to Will Levis, they're, they're going right. to be in trouble. We yep. know what happened with Malik Willis. I mean, think about this. Malik Willis led the AF, NFL in rushing last preseason, you know, and we saw how that worked out for him. Uh, I, I would disagree with you. I think they're really good on defense. Okay. I think Al Shahir, the kid they signed to replace David Long's, really good. I think they're ultimately going to get better in the secondary when they're healthy. Sean Murphy Bunning will help them. 
because they really lacked cover corners. I mean, they've missed on so many draft picks. I mean, between the Raiders and the Titans on missing on draft picks, it's fairly a close race. Now, the Raiders had higher draft picks. But I agree. If you believe Tannehill doesn't stay healthy and if you believe this offensive line continues to not come together, they got to count on Andre Dillard, the kid they signed from te- from Philly to play well. Skronsky, he's got to play well. And then they just put Chris Hubbard in at right tackle. So, But their defense should be good enough. Simmons is a legitimate player, right? Harden Key played really well for Jacksonville. Landry can play. And I think they got enough speed. And I trust the coach more than that. I really do. Well, that's, so I would say, because you know, I like to look at all of it, the two things that work against me are that Mike Vrabel's a coach that you know squeezes everything out of a roster. I think he maximizes everything in terms of win probability and margins. Uh, also, the ninth easiest schedule by projected win total. Those are two things that when I, if I get burned yeah. by this, those are the two things that I think are going to burn me. Yeah, well, I mean, they play Houston twice, right? Yep. And so they play Indianapolis, and if they're going to start, we'll talk about this later in the show, which, I mean, at all signs of point Anthony Richardson's going to start. So I think that really the hardest thing, what we saw last year, why they lost the games after they beat Green Bay on Thursday night was they, they the depth of the team fell apart. I mean, look, let's face it, JVT, they got Jacksonville 17-10 with Joshua Dobbs, a quarterback, right? Yep. I mean, they're right in that game. They're right in there. I mean, they went toe-to-toe with the Chiefs with Malik Willis, a quarterback, and didn't get a first down after the second quarter. By the way, you mentioned uh, the Malik Willis rushing stat. You can find that in Lombardi's column over the website at vcin.com. You should check out. We'll discuss Lombardi Line. We're just getting started here on this Wednesday. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Lombardi 
time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app at MGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you'll love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM.com for terms. you got to be 21 and in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, 1-800-522-4700. Nevada is where I reside, out here in Sin City, out there in OC, of course. Michael Lombardi, a reunited pair from uh, Betting Across America. Um, very early mornings out there. You mentioned it. Um, do you ever, do you still talk to, uh, who was our, our cop friend that we would have on the show all the time? Remember the oh, big guy? Oh, Johnny. I haven't yeah. heard from him at all in a while. He used to call me every now and then, but I haven't heard. I mean, I think I lost track of Big Johnny. He moved so many times, I, I, I lost track of him. But And he never came over to the Borgata. I never saw him when I went over to the Borgata. So, uh, you know, that was disappointing. But, you know, he even made a guest appearance on the show. Noah was convinced to turn him into a star. That, and you know what's funny, actually? So, uh, I don't know if you partake in Snapchat, uh, but the other day I had a memory pop up on my Snapchat a fantastic picture of an Italian sub from White. What's the sub place out there? White House. Yes, the White, White House. House. There we yeah. go. Yeah, there it is. It looks very that's, good. Now that's still running. That's still operating. That'll be operating for a long time. And it, they have one over at the. It's a great sub shop down here. It's a classic. It goes back into the when Atlantic City had a, was really a big entertainment center. Uh, and they have one over at the. Uh, they have one at another casino at the. Uh, uh, right near the right near the ocean, it's mm-hmm. the next. Oh, the Hard Rock has Hard Rock Casino is where they are too. Yep, it was uh, fantastic. Like it too. It's like a nice little. It looks like one of those little uh, hole in the wall, super small, but the, it uh, is. the food's awesome. Food was fantastic. Yeah. All right. Speaking of fantastic, the betting market thinks that's exactly what the Detroit Lions are going to be. So let's talk about them. <laughs> uh, and also, I mean, I, I don't know if this will come as a shock to you, uh, but uh, it looks like Barry Sanders also thinks that the uh, the Detroit Lions are going to be pretty yeah. good. Uh, was quoted as saying. Uh, during camp uh, this summer that, quote, I think it's a well-balanced team. Uh, Obviously, they have to be feeling good about the war they finished last season, although you're only going to get so much push from what you did last year. Uh, The sky is the limit when it comes to the Detroit Lions, says one Barry Sanders. So I am firmly in the camp, Michael. I don't think they're going to be bad, but I can't wrap my head around minus 175 to make the playoffs, win total of nine and a half, because I keep going back to two things. I keep going back to one, a defense that by many metrics, both uh, you know, uh, classic metrics, we'll call them in advanced metrics, were one of the worst defenses in the National Football League, and a quarterback that by all accounts, while the last five, you know, five of the last six games played very well, was very average and had some statistics that showed you that if these things revert, like a turnover-worthy play margin, for example, then there's really a, a stark drop-off when it comes to quarterback play. Am I wrong in wanting to pump the brakes on the Lions? No, I, I've been pumping them all along. In fact, I think in the guide, I took the Packers to win the North. I bet them like, to win I'm the division. I love it. it. I, I'm not buying it. I, and here's why I'm not buying it. Because the, the ability of Detroit to not turn the ball. Now, look, I was in Michigan yesterday. They're, they're all in on the Lions. But the, the Detroit, the Michigan fans are really football. They love football in the state of Michigan. They're praying for something good to happen. But for me... One of the things that bothers me the most was they played the Carolina Panthers played both Pittsburgh and they played Detroit on consecutive week weeks, and both teams were playing well. No, you cannot underestimate how well Pittsburgh played down the stretch. Only two turnovers in their last nine games, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing with Detroit. Detroit after the, the Dallas game where they got embarrassed, they only turned the ball over four times for the rest of the game. I mean, four times over the remaining 10 games. Really remarkable, right? 
But in that game, they go into Carolina with a lot on the line. And they give up 570 yards of offense. 30 first downs, right? Like, why would I believe they are going to be a good team? Because they, you know, I mean, the New England Patriots shut them out. 29 to nothing. I just don't see it, JVT. And and look, I think Goff played well. And I think Goff for the NFC is one of the top five quarterbacks. I don't count on him being able to do it again another year. Can he turn the ball over? Can he protect the football? And now that they have all the pressure on him, I think it's a little different story. So let me ask you this, because I've kind of made this case. So as you, as, as a guy who has had a hand, obviously, in team building, when you watch today's National Football League, Obviously, offense is in control of mostly everything, whether it's the rules, whether offenses are being schemed and played. Defenses generally are, are behind the eight ball. And, and I feel like sometimes, Michael, your defense is only as good as the offense that you're facing. And I also feel like in your offseason, if a vast majority of your improvements are adding to defense, I don't think generally those are moves that will exponentially improve your team. And I think a lot of people are pointing to that. And even if you look at some of the additions the Lions have made, I'm sorry, but Cameron Sutton, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Emmanuel Mosley, those are not pieces that really make me think you're making some massive leap defensively. Am I wrong in thinking that generally, like, if a vast majority of your free agent additions are defensively, it doesn't move the needle as much for me if you're not improving offensively or if that's just been your biggest weakness? Well, what you're saying really is you've got to get good before you get great, right? Like, you got to get to a good level and then add players when you're at a good level because you got a lot of good players around and you have more good players. And, and I think that's your point, and I agree with that. I think you can't go from, from I think, 12 games of giving up over 370 sure. yards of offense to all of a sudden being a top 12. D. You're not going to outscore people. I mean, look, let's put things in perspective. The Packers last year, they beat the Packers twice. Why? Well, because the Packers turned the ball over five times in those two games, and the the Lions only turned it over once. I mean, for all the Aaron Rodgers talk, he did not play well in those two in those two games against a defense that he should have played well against. But you know, he throws two interceptions, two of them in the goal line. They only get two hundred ninety-one yards of offense. Then the next week, they the next time they played him in week seventeen in, in later in the year, they get almost four hundred yards of offense, but he, they turn it over three times. I mean, the Packers' defense, think about this. The Packers' defense gave the Lions everything they wanted. They only gave up 34 points in two games. Yep. Yeah, don't, uh, you don't have to remind me of the 15-9 to win for Detroit, in which I did bet Green Bay that day, and they had over 150 more yards, like nearly six yards of play, and only had nine points and lost the game. I will uh, – Probably won't forget. How many? That. They had three red zone turnovers in that day. Remember yep. they tried to throw the throwback to I think the, oh. the offensive tackle. What a you know? I mean, it, it was, was Lafleur at his finest, and that was their second win of the year. Yep. That was that was the Lions. If they don't win that game, I don't know. I mean, look, I, I when is the last time a hype train team has really played well? Off the top of my head, I can't remember a team that came in with as much like you know. Generally, the hype is a little bit too much, right? They can come in and have a good year. But meeting the expectations that the market sets or that the narrative sets, it's it's hard to find an example. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's really hard. But, look, we're going to find out really quickly. I think they'll – you know, Kansas City's not an easy opening game. Andy Reid takes it seriously. Andy Reid's teams are always ready. Yep. You know, they come back. Look, Seattle moved the ball up and down the field. Remember that game last year in Detroit when Seattle yeah. – I think Seattle put 500 yards up on them. I mean, those are two games to start the season that are not easy. Absolutely. I mean, Seattle had 235 yards rushing in that game, JVT. 
Uh, by the way, I don't know if you know this about me because I've been changing, uh, but I did build a model, uh, and my statistical model does have the uh, Kansas City Chiefs winning by about 8.2 points. So, you know, just throw that out there. Yeah. I'm, I'm a model guy. Uh, well, I, I think you have to be. I think you got to try to take bias out of your betting. Sure. And you got to take some assumptions out. And I think when you create a model like you did and I do, you kind of get a sense of it. Now, you're not going to be right all the time. You're trying to be right 60% of the time, and that's great if you are. But you got to try to take some bias out of this. And one of the things what I wrote about in the column today is we get so caught up in the noise. You know, George Pickens makes a great one-handed catch. You know, go through all the preseason players who led the league. They didn't make teams. So it's really- what teams do. what teams do in the preseason. So the Lions, if they struggle on defense in the preseason, I know they're not going to play their starters. But if they do, that's not a good sign. No, it's not. So we're going to get to Anthony Richardson coming up in a little bit. But since you're on this topic, let people know about the article that's up there and some of the points because you pointed out, like, sometimes you can take away things from the preseason. Well, like, for example, you know, everybody wants to dismiss preseason. Oh, it's just preseason. It's no big deal. You know, I I mean, I'll get a text from Will Hill probably starting 10 days from now. I, I can't wait for the regular season. These games are terrible, right? Well, they're revealing, though, for betters, for us, for handicappers, there's a lot of data in there that ends up showing up during the season. For example, when Vic Fangio coached the Detroit Lions in the preseason, they only had eight penalties. Last year, when Nathaniel Hackett coached the the, the Denver Broncos, they had 23. What do you make of that? Yep. 23. And they never got fixed. It never got fixed. The Washington football team couldn't turn the ball over in preseason. Guess what, JVT? They couldn't turn the ball over in the regular season. There's indicators. There's patterns that you have to pay attention to. And by the way, Michael wrote that all up. You can check that out up at vcin.com, where we have lots of stuff, including, of course, our college football betting guide, which you're going to want to check out. And if you're not a subscriber, make sure you check out how you can become a VEASAN Pro subscriber up at vcin.com slash subscribe. All right. Uh, we'll take our break here coming up. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we're going to have Tim Murray. We'll switch over to college football. We'll get his thoughts as he was one of the authors, of course, for the college football guide on a conference that is near and dear to my heart, the Mountain West. That's coming up in 15. When we come back, though, i got to throw something to Michael. We have about 10 teams in joint practices this week getting ready for week one. How does that translate to the preseason action? We'll discuss when we come back here on the Lombardi Line. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Football season's here, folks. Nobody knows football like VSEN, and now's the time to become a VSEN subscriber. Get our comprehensive college and NFL guides. Only VSEN subscribers get all the tools to prep for the college of pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings. Best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Stuff that I like, including how to bet with power ratings. A lot of teaching articles up there as well. Check it all out. Sign up now. $199. You're going to receive both guides and full VSIN access all the way through the Super Bowl. I always stress, I know it's football season. That includes everything we do. How about the NBA betting guide that I will write and will come out before the NBA season? That'll be here before you know it. Check out everything we have to offer or join us for $19 for your first month. See everything we have. VSIN.com slash subscribe. Become part of the Sports Betting Network family. As I like to put in the end, we're all family here. Michael Lombardi is here on Lombardi Line. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Stormy Bonantoni, who is uh, out for the foreseeable future, getting ready to get <laughs> married on Saturday. So, yeah. uh, yes, uh, I wanted to uh, – this is what I, I said this to Steph, Michael, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this because I think there's a general preseason handicapping thought 
that these yeah. teams that are in these joint practices, it, it, the narrative would be, hey, they're, they're practicing with each other leading up to the preseason game. They get familiar with one another. And there becomes like this personal kind of thing, right? Being, look, we're swapping spit and sweat all throughout the summer months. It's hot. And you kind of get sick of the team that you're practicing with. So maybe some of these preseason games in which teams practice with one another take a not a not a regular season form, but a little bit more of a competitive feeling because you're practicing with these guys all week. Is there anything that you can generally take from joint practices into preseason games? Is there an effect that comes from some of these teams that are practicing all week and then playing in a game with an actual score on the uh, ensuing weekend? Well, I think there's three things whenever you're talking about football teams. There's players, coaches, and schemes, right? Mm -hmm. And when you do these one-on-one -on -one with team versus team, it really helps player evaluation because what's happened since the middle of April all the way through till now, you've practiced against the same players and you have an idea, but the, the main thing about preseason is understanding the competition. Who am I playing against and how am I playing? And so by having these, you get a clearer view of the competition and you also get another look at your own players. Then you get an opportunity to see how your execution's going. For example, you know, last year, last summer, the football giants, whoever played quarterback for them, right, they completed 108 passes in the summer. Their execution was good. They didn't play in the, in the Hall of Fame game. They only had three games. Mm -hmm. So they were executing, which meant their schemes were good. Maybe their players weren't good enough, but their execution was good. And the coaching was good. Meanwhile, the year before with Joe Judge, they completed 55 passes. See the difference? Mm -hmm. Right? And so there's the, you can see the execution. And so when you're practicing against these teams, it gives you a better sense. How's our execution? What's our pad level look like? Are we ready for the opening seat? What's our conditioning like? Conditioning is a huge factor in week one. You know, the players get tired. They haven't practiced against enough teams to really stand a 60-minute four-quarter game. So there's a lot to learn from this. Now, what could happen in a game is, you know, look, we're going to play it this way in the game. You play it that way in the game. We'll work on these areas and go from there. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, so there's going to be a thought, like a meeting beforehand, like, hey, not specifically, like, I keep doing these spring training comparisons, right, where pitchers will come out and be like, I'm just throwing sliders today. Like, I want to work on my slider. There's not going to be those kind of conversations, right? Like, hey, we the Giants, all we're doing, we're running, shock, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's not going to be that. It's just, hey, this is what we're working on today. This is what you're working on, and then we'll play the game. Yep, that's right. And so, and, but it's all been agreed upon. Look, sure. we're going to work a lot of two-minute here when we practice. You know, the Patriots practice against Green Bay. We're going to work on two-minute. We really need to work a lot of red zone. We need to work red. Okay, so here we are. That's what we do. Now, when the game comes, it's, look, we're going to play our young guys a lot, so we're going to be pretty basic in what we do. Because when you're playing young players, they need to be able to think and play. When you get too complex, they can't think and play. Uh, for those who are wondering, for week one, the teams and games that will have uh, teams that participated in joint practices leading up, Dolphins, Falcons, uh, Bengals, Packers, which Michael mentioned, Lions, Giants, Panthers, Jets, and Raiders, 49ers. Those are all teams that are undergoing uh, joint practices, and some of them don't start for a couple of days. Like, for example, Raiders, 49ers, their joint practices will start tomorrow, and the game is not until August 13th. All right, I want to throw uh, something else generally at preseason because obviously we have a lot of people are watching uh, tips on how to handle preseason and betting. Uh, we'll, we'll get this one out of the way. This is a general thought that you're going to hear a thousand times in the network. Uh, the coaches that want to win, though. Robert Sala is uh, getting a reputation potentially for being a coach that wants to win in the preseason, establish some sort of you know winning mentality as you move on. 
John Harbaugh, of course, a very well-known coach that a lot of people have circled to bet. And the market, of course, uh, has factored all of this in. But are there any other coaches you think would have different mindsets coming into this preseason where you're thinking this might be a team to circle that might want to actually see a win in the column only to instill some goodwill as you head into either a new year or a year of some change? Well, I think like I think Jonathan Gannon's going to want to try to win, okay? Because his team's not very good. It's a little bit like last year with Matt with uh, Matt Eberflus. I mean, he was three and zero in the preseason, right? Your boy Justin Fields had a you know a ridiculously high. I think he was the second leading QBR rated quarterback last summer. Sure. And uh, but number one was number one was Sam Ellinger at the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, Let's I not forget that. Okay, so you know, so. I, I think some of these new coaches, you have to kind of take a look and say, okay, I got to establish a winning mentality in this building, and I'm not going to be able to do it during the season. Maybe I need to do it in the summer to help build myself up. Interestingly enough, the market has actually really moved against Arizona for this first game. Denver opened up as a well, two-and-a-half-point favorite. It's up to five-and-a-half in a preseason game. With a you total know why, JVT? Go ahead. That line moved because when Sean Payton announced – that they were going to play their, their their quarterback, that line reacted immediately because you're going to get Russell Wilson. I think Sean Payton has to play his guys because the buzz around the league is that quarterbacking room in, in Denver isn't exactly looking very good. Now, they'll deny it, right? They'll deny it. But in the circles that I talked to, that it didn't go in as good as everybody hoped it would. What's that mean? I don't know. I need to watch it. But my ears peaked up, right? Right. So I think to me that line moved because everybody thinks, well, Sean's going to play, you know, uh, Wilson for a quarter. He's going to play Stidham for two quarters, and then he's going to play someone. You know, like I don't know. I, I get the sense that, you know, the one thing teams win in the preseason is usually in the fourth quarter when their quarterback goes in the game and he can run around and make a few plays. So that's you know I brought that up to Stormy yesterday. So when I when I'm talking about evaluating preseason teams, and I always laugh at something like this, right? Where you know, you said, hey, Russell Wilson's going to play. Well, do we know the extent? Like you mentioned, has Sean Payton already discussed what he's going to work on with Russell Wilson? It could just be different things and not really trying to do something dynamic. It's just maybe he's just going to get him out there to work up a mist. But you brought up what I've talked about. Matt Humans and I have discussed it all the way years, you know, years back when we first started the network. Evaluating these quarterback depth chart, Michaels, getting quarterbacks at the back end of the depth chart that have some mobility that can play behind terrible offensive lines because you're going to get some bad offensive line play by the time you get to the third and fourth quarters. Like that's what oh, I yeah. want more as opposed to like for the the Broncos, for example, they're five point favorites. You know, can the Nooch Ben DiNucci and or Jared Stidham playing behind a bad offensive line for a vast majority of this game is that really going to get you to cover a five point spread when offensive line is going to be awful in front of them? I, I don't disagree. He's going to be on his back more, and if he can scramble and move around, you know, that's a good thing. But, like, the, the kid that from the Jets, Chris uh, Tevler, they just went on IR Trevler, yesterday. Yep. Trevler, he, you know, he led the league in rushing last year. Yep. I mean, he could make – he was one of the reasons why the Jets were so good. You know, he ran around and made plays. Yep. And it's also why, too, like my team, and we can tie in Anthony Richardson, it's why Anthony Richardson and the Colts are a preseason-wise – a, a highly power-rated team. I mean, they're they're favored by a good amount against the Buffalo Bills. It's because they have a quarterback competition, but it's also because their roster outside of Gardner Minshew is littered with dudes who are athletes that when you time to get to the third and fourth quarters, they're going to be able to make plays here in the preseason. And as you mentioned, Ellinger already has good preseason play under his belt. Yeah, I, and I mean, look, the, they got to get some confidence in Richardson. Yep. And, 
they're going to run the six back and then they'll change to Minshew. But again, they got to, you know, they've got to repair a lot of things. That offensive line's got to improve that, you know, Richardson's got to get some continuity. I, I think it's an important preseason for him. Look, I, I'll say this. It's not going to be a hard game in the preseason. The coverages are really basic. If you don't play, if a quarterback doesn't play well in the preseason, excluding the rookies, something's wrong. Yep. Uh, by the way, the Bills, uh, the back end of their quarterback depth chart, like Matt Barkley, for example, at the back end of that thing, uh, one, not one team that I would really be in on. Do you think that Anthony Richardson, you talk about confidence, last 60 seconds here, I've been beating the drum for him to start. Do the Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck thing, man. Just let him go out there and, and learn by doing. Yeah. I think they're committed to the six-back offense. Yeah. If you go to Minshew, you can't run the six-back offense. I think the, the Minshew's a good backup. If Richardson gets hurt for an extended period, they'll change the offense. But if you want to, then you you got to go with them to be the runner. Yeah, it's such a great dynamic too because you, you people talk about confidence. But I feel like right if you handle it properly and you let them know, hey, you're going to make mistakes. We understand that this is part of the process. You don't lose a lot of confidence when you make those mistakes, right? No, and, and here's I think another point. Everybody thinks Philly's offense is elaborate, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, Philly's offense, he'll never like Philly. Philly runs about eight pass plays. They have a great run game, right? Yep. But Philly's offense isn't exactly, you know, you know they're not going to split the atom here. It's really great execution, which is what makes great offenses. All right, let's talk a little college football on the other side. Tim Murray, our own host of Easton Primetime, will join us. We'll discuss the Mountain West, the team that he previewed, or the conference that he previewed for our college football betting guide. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network.
Turn a loss into a win with BetMGM, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Place a same-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any MLB game. If all legs of the parlay hit but one, you'll get your stake back in bonus bets up to $25. BetMGM and GameSense reminds you to play responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms. you got to be 21. Do an existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-metropolis bonus bets. They expire in seven days. U.S. promotional offers not available in Kansas, Mississippi, D.C., Nevada, New York, or Ontario. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER in most states in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This offer not valid to Puerto Rico residents. Back here on the Lombardi line, I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Stormy Bonatoni for today. Michael Lombardi is alongside. Let's bring in a third and complete this trio. Tim Murray is with us here, of course, VEASAN primetime the show and author of the College Football Betting Guide, which you can find up at the website at VEASAN.com. Road to the Mountain West, a conference near and dear to my heart. What's up, buddy? Did you treat the conference well? First year I haven't written it, so I, I hope you did well. I'm, I'm getting there in terms of reading the guide. Yeah, I, I hope I did. I hope I, uh, you know, you, I, it was a big shoes to fill, JVT. Right. Filling nice in for So uh, we will <laughs> see. But uh, I'm way too bullish on Colorado State. So what could go wrong, you know? It's a good program. Michael, what do you got? Well, I mean, look, I, I, to me, this is the one thing I love about the Mountain West is you get the extremes of everything, right? You get Boise State and then you get Air Force, you know, with, yep. with Troy Calhoun's wing bone offense, whatever the heck you call, who were really good last year. But my question for you, Tim, is is Fresno State. Like, to yep. me, Fresno State, they lose their starting quarterback. Who's going to be there and can they duplicate what they were able to accomplish last year? Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest questions of the entire year. And I saw that there was a particular uh, Las Vegas resident by the name of Jonathan Von Tobel that thinks that Fresno State is good value to win the conference this year. Um, but I, I believe in, you know, what Jeff Tedford is is able to do with the quarterback position, Michael. And, you know, they went out to the portal and, and they grabbed Mikey Keene from uh, Central Florida. And I, I think that's, look, he's no Jake Hayner. Uh, Jake Hayner uh, won us all a lot of money last year and it was a, a wonderful run. And you know, this is a program that has one of the longest winning streaks going into this year, nine consecutive wins as they won the Mountain West and then went on to win their bowl game. But uh, they do have a lot of questions. I think the one thing, if you're looking at their win total, uh, is that I actually look at their non-con. You know, you look at Boise State, for example. They play Washington. They play UCF. They have a tricky road game at uh, Memphis later on in the year. Uh, which, which is why I, you know, wouldn't really recommend going over Boise State, uh, Fresno State. I actually think they're two non-conference games. They get their two Power Five opponents, guys, in in advantageous spots. They get Purdue, which is in a complete transitional phase. Yes, they're an underdog, but they're only about a touchdown underdog against, you know, Purdue. So we've got a Fresno State team that's in transition with a new quarterback and filling in. A lot of skill positions, lost their top wide receiver, lost their top running back. And then they go to Tempe and take on Arizona State. Uh, Kenny Dillingham takes over that program. And who will be their starting quarterback? Is it going to be Notre Dame transfer Drew Pine? Are they going to go with uh, Rashada, the uh, the big-time recruit that was once upon a time committed to Florida? So I do like the schedule uh, there for Fresno State. They play Kent State, who's an absolute disaster uh, and has fallen apart. And then you look at when do they get the big boys, guys, they get Boise State in November, San Jose State in November, and San Diego State in November. So you would think, in theory, Fresno State will have figured it out. If they are going to figure it out, they will have figured it out by the end of the season. So uh, Jeff Tedford's been doing this a long, long time. Um, you know, of the favorites, guys, 
Uh, I do like their win total probably more than than the the other favorites. However, I'll I'll just be full disclosure here. I haven't played any of the favorites. I have two win totals in pocket in this conference, and neither one are really deemed uh, favorites in this conference. Yeah, for what it's worth, I bet Fresno State at four to one, Michael, to win the conference. And I echo everything that Tim talked about there. I think Tedford's a quarterback whisperer. He's going to get a lot. There's a reason why he's won two Mountain West yeah. titles with two different quarterbacks. I agree. I, I I think one of the things we miss on JVT is is yes, there's new players, but the coach is the same. Yep. And the and when the coach is really good at an area, don't doubt it. So, Tim, I want to make sure we get to your win total, so let's talk about those. Give us the two teams that you were looking at win total-wise and what you were looking at. Yeah, Colorado State is a team that I mentioned, guys, yep. and uh, wrote this team up. And it, it was one of those situations where, you know, you're doing home, a homework assignment and then you take the test and you're like, wow, I just, you know, it all kind of came together. You know, Colorado State guys, Jay Norvell comes over, uh, very good recruiter. Uh, they have a four-star quarterback uh, that he grabbed to go to Nevada. He has followed with them. Uh, and then you just look at, you know, Horton, their, their wide receiver, best wide receiver in the entire conference. Jay Norvell told uh, the media at, at Mountain West Media Day there at Circa, where JVT's sitting, that uh, that SEC teams came after him, and, and, and he did not budge. So uh, they went out and uh, fixed this offensive line, and it was the worst offensive line in college football last year, guys. Uh, allowing 59 sacks. So you bring in four new starters. Their left tackle uh, moves back to center, which is his best position. And then they went to the portal. You know, a lot of these teams have gotten ravaged in the portal, uh, but Colorado State enhanced via the portal. A couple of North Dakota State gra- uh, North Dakota State transfers, I should say, including uh, their expected starting running back. They grabbed an SMU transfer to be their third receiver. They grabbed a BYU transfer to be their starting tight end. So, you know, Colorado State, very much uh, attacked the portal in a positive way. And then on the other side, Utah State, a team that you know was very fortunate to win as many games as they did last year. They made it to bowl eligibility, two years removed from winning the conference, guys. I mean, this team just got absolutely ravaged uh, in the portal. And I think I came on uh, Lombardi, uh, Michael Lombardi, your, your show just a couple weeks ago when Stormy was here, and I was telling her about Utah State and the defectors and all of that. So I think Utah State under... And uh, Colorado State over would be the are, are the two plays that I have in pocket right now. Yeah, how about how about New Mexico? Danny Gonzalez he opens Ooh. up with Texas A and M. He gets to face the great Jimbo Fisher's offense or Bobby Petrino. Now I know they got Texas Tech on the schedule, Tennessee Tech. I know they got UMass right, so that's two that you know they're going to be in that game, and they have Utah State. They're over unders at three and a half. Would you play them to go under? Because when you only score thirteen points a game. You know, I can't imagine you're going to beat many teams. Yeah, I would go under, Michael, and, you know, I, I wouldn't give them UMass, honestly. I, I wrote up UMass, too, and not to say that UMass is going to be a world beater by any stretch, but I tell you what, the folks in Amherst right now are looking at that schedule and say, we got to beat New Mexico. Right. <laughs> this is a game we got to get. So, yeah, I think that's a toss-up game. I, I think, you know, this New Mexico program, um, yeah, it, it's really uh, – it's really struggling. Rocky Long leaves to go uh, be, I think, the D.C. at Syracuse, which is kind of surprising, you know, when you when you look at it in that regard, right? He's kind of uh, one of the, you know, the the deans down there in New Mexico, and he he bolted to go uh, be the D.C. I believe at Syracuse it was, but yeah, I, I would uh, if if forced to play it, Michael. I, I think this New Mexico team, uh, they are. In my, in, in, from what I've gathered, I think they are the worst team. And, and you know, Hawaii, I think, is kind of making strides. We'll see uh, what Timmy Chang does in year two. They were 
very uh, pesky down the stretch. I think they covered seven of their last eight games. Uh, but, yeah, I think New Mexico heading into this year is is the worst team in the Mountain West. Tim Murray with us again, host of Eason Prime Time, wrote up the Mountain West. All right, I'll ask this question this way so we can cut out two teams really quickly. Uh, would you rather bet over on Boise State or under on Wyoming for their win total? Uh, over on Boise State. Um, I think Boise State's the most talented team in this conference. Uh, they haven't won this conference since 2019. Uh, they have probably the most talented quarterback. We'll see if Taylor Green can put it all together. Um, there's a lot of people bullish on, on Wyoming, um, this year. So, uh, I think that, you know, Craig Bowl squad, if they could figure out some semblance of offense guys, they should go over their win total. So, uh, I would lean towards going over on Boise State because, you know, at the end of the day, when I did select a champion, I picked Boise State. Um, I think they lose to Washington. Uh, it's a toss-up against UCF. Uh, the Memphis game, like I mentioned, is really, really tricky uh, when you look at that schedule uh, for Boise State. So um, I do think if you could find a rogue eight, I don't know if those are out there, I would, you know, lean towards the over. Eight and a half, that's where it gets tricky, but... Uh, of those two options you pro you provided, I would go over Boise State. Great work, Tim. Appreciate you. Yeah, guys. Anytime. Appreciate it, Tim. Tim Murray again. One Tim Murray, host of Eason Primetime. Eason College Football Betting Guy. Check that out now. You know, Michael, I think it's we had 16 yeah. people choosing conference champions. And of the 16, 14 selected Boise State. Yeah. Not this guy. What did, Not this guy. Who did you select, JVT? Fresno State. Of course you did. Uh, yep. I, I, I love the contrarian. I love the contrarian streak in you. But I, I mean, look, if you're going to go with it, it's like I, I think Tennessee's really good on defense. Now, I'm not in love with Joe Milton, but I like Josh Heupel. Yep. So, you know, like, why not? You got to look at some of those things. Oh, there's, uh, like it says, I got to go to Mount West Media Days, like Tim mentioned as well. Uh, the two coaches who I like talking to every time, Jeff Tedford and Timmy Chang. Uh, both wildly yep. impressed me, and I, I think Tedford's going to be uh, doing another brilliant job here with the Bulldogs. All right, uh, first hour in the books. When we come back, second hour, we're going to find out uh, what's on Michael's mind. We had uh, some interesting comments coming out of our nation's capital when it came to the Washington Commanders and their head coach. We'll discuss that and more when we come back here on the Barty Line. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 